congregation a few weeks ago. They asked me if I could do the Bible story at the backup program. Because the elder doing it usually was not home. And I said, what is it about? And they said about Samson and Delilah. I said, oh, I don't know if they can do that. At the backup program, such a sensitive issue is that even worth it. And I started studying the chapter, and it touched my heart. And I thought, yes. And I did it. And I enjoyed it. Telling the story. And then it came to my mind to also elaborate on this a little bit more, as I had begun on this chapter anyway, and to preach on it. So that's why. The text is from Judges 16, verse 17. Then he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There has not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been an Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. So far. Samson's last years. Three thoughts. Samson escaped from Gaza. He was in Gaza, we'll see why. He was able to flee. He escaped. Suddenly, Simon was with Delilah. What a woman. Terrible. So seducive. And they were able to capture him. In the third place, Samson compared to Jesus. He is a type and also an anti-type of Christ. Samson's last years. Samson escaped from Gaza. Samson was with Delilah. And Samson compared to Jesus. Congregation, young people, Samson was a judge in Israel. Not a judge like we have judges in the courthouse. He was kind of the president of the country. He was kind of the prime minister. He was the political leader of the Israelites. And all was he strong. In the previous chapter, you can read about it. One time, more than a thousand Philistines were surrounding him. Imagine, a thousand Philistines with the shields and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the swords and the lances and all attacking him. And he had only a bone of a, of a donkey, a jawbone. And he was able to just to, to sell those people around him. And he killed thousands of them. He was strong. He was quite a man. 
Samson, though, had a weakness also. He was a bit of a fool with women. I think it was even worse. Samson had an addiction. It was a sexual addiction. And he visited women all the time. He was maybe four, a widower now, and he was not strong spiritually. He was weak. He did not pray, lead us not to temptation, deliver us from evil. But he was giving in to his lust. He was a sinner. And yet we know from Hebrews 11 that he was a man of faith, that he was a child of the Lord, and yet so weak. He was chosen from eternity. He was sanctified in the womb. He was born. He was saved. He was a child of God. But also so foolish and so weak. Read it in the chapter 13. 13 verse 5. I'll read it to you. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear son, no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So a Nazarite unto God from the womb. See? And also in verse 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. So blessed by the Lord, sanctified by the Lord, called by the Lord, and yet so weak. One day, Samson went to Gaza. Gaza, the capital city of the Philistines close to the Mediterranean Sea. And he visited a woman for a one-night stand. And his lust took over. He was not married to her. He rented her body. He gave her money to be with her at night. So he was weak. And we know that he was kind of intoxicated. He couldn't even think straight anymore because of that addiction. We know that people are often not able to think straight when they are drunk, when they are intoxicated with substance. But also this addiction comes with a lack of understanding. You read it in the Bible. And that's why he um, is going to Gaza. That is so foolish. How can you be so dumb to go to Gaza when they, when they hate you? They will do anything, anything they can to slay you, to kill you. 
Samson, what are you doing? Why so gullible? Why so... Maybe it's so difficult for yourself. Did he trust in his own strength? What was it? Well, I read in Proverbs 6, but whoso committed adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. So it is not only so that you have that, that, that this foolishness before you do a sin like that, but a sin like this makes you more of a fool. You see it also in Hosea 4. Quite a text. Hosea 4. Hordon and wine and new wine take away the heart. So sexual sins make you a fool. So you don't think straight anymore. You make the wrong decisions in your family, in your marriage, in business, in church. You are a fool as a consequence of order. Dangerous. Would you trust someone who's drunk? to babysit your children? Would you trust them in finances? Why do you think they have rehab centers also for sexual sins? Because it's, it's, it's dangerous. And if you do not kill sin, sin will kill you. I read somewhere how true it is. If you don't kill sin, if you don't kill sin, it will kill you. Anyway, some people in Gaza recognize the church. The Gaza police is notified, and the chance is now to kill the Jewish leader. What is the best way to do it? Should we do it right now? In clear daylight? Should they do it at night? Should they do it tomorrow? So they are discussing what is the best way to do this. And for some reason they said, let us wait. Keep it quiet. Let's not stir the whole town. It is also dark and more, more difficult to manage the situation. So let us wait until tomorrow. And they shut all the gates and they locked the gate so he could not escape. And then tomorrow morning, early, they will go after him. And he has no chance because he's already locked in in the city. But then the police is asleep and the gate's locked. We see Samson at midnight coming out of the house. And he is walking through the quiet streets of Gaza. Nobody on the streets, I suppose. And he carefully approaches the, the gate of the city. And it's, it's locked. Might have surprised him. I don't know. But what can he do? 
And he feels that power of God coming over him. And he's lifting up those gates. And he takes the bones with it. Like this in, 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 in ground. And the bar with it. And he's putting it on his shoulders. And he walks 10 kilometers with it. And just dumps it on the hill. Facing Hebron. So the next morning, when the Gaza police is after him, they see that the gate is gone. And they just leave it. They just, they, they know we lost it. This is some of, the, of those surprises again. Amazing. An open gate. The bird escaped. He is free. They are just paralyzed. They can't do anything about it. Do you understand this? On the same day, he paid a prostitute and was helped by the Lord. Right? He paid for her body and the Lord gives him the strength to lift up those gates. That's that's so strange. Why, does, why is the Lord doing that? Why is the Lord giving him that power? Why does the Lord say, Samson, forget about it. You're done. It's over. Why did the Lord give him yet that, 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 that strength, that power to lift up those gates? What would he say? Well, let me say this. It is sheer grace. Right? Absolutely grace. Incomprehensible grace. How is that possible? How can God be so long-suffering? How can he be so slow to anger? Why does he let him, let him go? Why is this not the end? See, what an evil man that Samson. Wait a moment. Are you, are we any better? We may do better. Maybe we have never been involved in such sins. But are we better? Don't we have to pray, lead us not to temptation? Are we invincible? Do we have that power ourselves against sin? Don't think so. Samson learns it the hard way. Before we go to the next thought, let me, let me pause here. I think about gates. I think about keys. I think about escaping. Matthew 16. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. 
the gates of hell. The gate is also the um, metaphor for the business deals and for court cases and for political meetings. So the gate and the square behind her is quite important and is a figure, is a type of decision-making. Or think of Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. But more important, they see here already something of Christ. Christ escaped as well. Christ opened the door as well. Christ took the sepulchral door away as well by angels. He opened the gates. He escaped death. Right? So also the Lord Jesus has, has, has escaped. May that melt the heart. May it melt the heart that the Lord is so gracious, so long-suffering, and Samson has to learn much more. And he will also bear the consequences of sin. But yet he is and remains a child of God. Unreal, right? Absolutely unreal. How can that be? Because God plenty in mercy and slow to anger and willing to forgive. Also a stiff-legged man as Samson. Let's go to the second thought. Sometime later, Sam is seeing another woman. Not a Philistine lad, but she was a Philistine. It does not say that explicitly, but it's such a personal contact with the lords of the Philistines that he assumed that she was a Philistine lady. And he fell in love with his own. It was not a one-night stand. She was not a prostitute. She was, let me say, a concubine. An intimate friend. They lived as they were married. And they were not married. So that's even worse, some say. This lady has so much power over him, right? He is infatuated. He is intoxicated. And this woman wants to know from him what the strength is. Because the, the, the Philistines have now a new strategy. And the new strategy is seduction. To entice him. To just let them tell the secret. What is the secret? 
how can you be so strong? They want to find out. And the Philistine lords, they tell this woman, the R.E.L. 5 gives you 1,100 pieces, shekels, and you need to tell us what the secret is. So she is doing her best. Proverbs 7. With her much fair speech, she caused him to, to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strife through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. For she has cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. See? So she is pressing him. She's saying, I give you favors. You help me. You tell him, what's, what's, what's your strength? And she's putting pressure on him, urging him. Tell me, I love you. You love me, don't you? And then he begins to lie. Do you know if you have with with, I think, is um, willow branch, and you have it braided, willow branches of those fresh willow branches. If you bind with them, I will not be able to braid them. So she must have fed him some drinks. He is fast asleep. And she binds his feet and his hands with the fresh with the willow branches. And in the middle of the night, the Philistines are in the other chamber in the house. In the middle of the night, she calls and she teases him and she wakes him up. Samson, the Philistines over you. And he stands up and he breaks them. As if there are just threats, as, as if there's nothing. And the Philistines run. They're so afraid of him. It's, it's over. Now you would think that Samson is done with that lady, right? He lied to her, he tested her, she is not loving him. So now he's leaving her, not? No. He stays with her. Because that power, right? That power of seduction. He can't let go. He is just in his mind, dazed. He is a fool. He's intoxicated. Hold on and strong drink, take the heart away. He can't think straight. 
So she tries again. I love you. Right? So you need to tell me the secret. How come you have such a strength? Is it a diet or is it certain customs? Or do you do exercises or what is it? And then he tells her that new ropes you'll have. New ropes. So she binds him as new ropes. Same story. He breaks him. She is crying and whining and saying sorry and making a big fuss of it. And he, he doesn't leave. He still does not leave. How strange. So she tells him again. And then he's getting closer. He says, you know my hair. But, but is she going to tell her? No, he says, when you braid my hair into the loom, you have a loom standing, right, and contraption to make carpets and clothing with certain techniques they make clothing and carpets. He said, when you weave my long hair into the, into, 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 into the loom, of course I will not be able to do anything. So this night, first time is over you again. He stands up and he's somehow able to disconnect from the loom and takes the carpet along, I think, on his neck. And he is dangerous and they flee again. Yes, Samson is in sins. He lives in sin and he lives of the lie. And he is not going to tell yet. Samson must have smiled, but Delilah is not happy. And look at verse 9. Now where men lie in wait abide with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, he break the width as the thread of toe is broken when it is touching the, the, the fire. So his strength was not known. But then he needs to know, she needs to know. So Delilah is going a step further. And she said unto him, you might want to read along in 16 verse 15. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee? When thine heart is not with me. See, she's accusing him. You don't love me. Now, she was not loving him. He loved her, in a sense. She did not love him. She's turning it around. Thou hast marked me these three times, and hast not told me therein thy grace to a liar. It came to pass, and she pressed him daily with her words, 
and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Such a power. Samson, if you and I, you do me a favor. I, can, I don't do you a favor. It runs him up to the wall. His soul vexed unto death. He is stuck in his sins. He can't let go. He can't walk away. But he can, but he cannot. Samson, be strong. Leave this woman. In case there's something in your life close to this, stop it. Break it. In the Lord's name, repent ye, repent ye. But Samson is not rational. He's intoxicated. He's infatuated. And again, the text from Hosea 4, Hold them and wine and new, and new wine. Take away the heart. And then he tells her. He tells her the secret. 17. He told her all his heart and said unto her, There has not come a razor upon mine head, but have been a Nazarite unto God. From my mother's womb, if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called to the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come, come come up this once, for he showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought the money in their hands, and she made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him and destroying them from him. See? So he was warned. He was warned. He lied. He lied. He lied. He was warned. It don't work. You cannot trust this lady. And then he wakes up. The Philistines be upon the Samson, and he woke up in his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him so he thought he could get away with this he did not think it was so dangerous because he said I will go out as as at other times before no difference. He, he rose up and he thought, but he felt depleted. No strength. And he wished now that the Lord had departed.
parted from him. So the Lord had departed, and he didn't know. So that is possible. Possible that the Lord is leaving us in a sense as God's people may have been grieving him. Spiritually, they have no strength, and they did not know it yet. So this Samson slept with his head on Delilah's lap, the judge of Israel, the president, the general, who was he? And Delilah got him. And he was not dealt with very cautiously. The Philistines hated him. The first thing they did with a knife is to gouge out his eyes. And they did not do it carefully. And he must have cried and screamed. And they kicked him into the dungeon. The dark dungeon. And then he could just walk circles. And make sure that the millstone was turning. That was the end of Samson, right? Quite something. So he was seduced. His eyes taken out. I read in Matthew 18, And if thine eye offend thee, plug it out. And cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Now, Samson had a problem with his eyes, right? Looking at ladies, lusting. He should have taken it out. I mean, spiritually. Then he would have kept his natural eye. And it could have been so much of a blessing for the people of Israel. And now look at this. Again, we know from Hebrews 11 that he was still a child of the Lord. He was. His sins are still forgiven. Yeah, that's right. Plenty of mercy. Right. However, he never got his eyes back. He had to live with them. Could he even cry with his eyes out? So Samson ended up in the dungeon with his eyes. And the Lord had departed from him. But the Lord is come back. Congregation, Samson ends up in the dungeon. Now look at verse 22. How be it? The hair of his head began to grow again. After he was shaven. This is an indication 
The Lord is not completely gone. The Lord is still holding on to him. And his hair begins to grow. Now we know that the power was not in the hair. Right? It was only an indication. But I'm puzzled why the Philistines did not clue in. Why did the Philistines not say, oh, let us get his hair. Give him a haircut again. Because he's a dangerous man if he has that long hair. He's lazy. Why did the Philistines not think that through? Why so foolish? Why did they even invite him with the longer hair to come to the temple of Dagon and to stand there close to those pillars with his hair growing? And it's so foolish, we would say, of the Philistines. I think I know. I think I know why the Philistines did not think that through. Because the Philistines only knew about one type of God. If you had blown it, it was over. Right? Dagon and the other gods, if you blew it, Done. No second chances. The God of Israel is different. This Samson sees a tongue of God's favor and Lord allows him and those Philistines, they think that he's done, that God had forsaken him. God has not forsaken him. See? So that's the same God we serve today. He is plenty in mercy. He is so gracious. So they have a celebration, a couple years maybe, or a month later. And they get also Samson from the dungeon. Let us mark him. And they mark him there publicly with the 3,000 people together. And he's asking a young man to bring him to the pillars in the center of the building. And he is holding them and he's Pressing them, and you know the whole building is collapsing. And he kills 3,000 people. And in his death, he killed more than in his life. See? So, what do we want to compare you? Samson's a liar, right? Compare him to Christ. Christ does not lie. God does not lie. And he says, I have no pleasure in your death. He does not lie. He means it.
sends them to Gaza, to a foreign country, to those enemies. The Lord Jesus came to this world, called this world the Gaza of sin. He came himself, not to sin, not to do harm, but to do good. Christ was tempted as well by Satan. He never gave in. Never did. He knew no sin. He knew no sin. The Lord Jesus has no idea how it feels to sin. He never sinned. He knew no sin. Had no experience with sin. But he was made to be sin for us, that he may be, may be made righteousness of God in him. The Lord Jesus was captured, wasn't he? Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, the these go their way. If you seek me, let my disciples go. So Samson escaped, right? The Lord Jesus also escaped, and he said, Take me hostage, bind me up, put me in prison, kill me, but I will yet live. What are the lessons? Congregation, a few lessons. Let nobody deceive you. Sin is seductive. Any sin. Any sin says it feels so good. Any sin says this is heaven. Do it. But sin is a very bitter aftertaste. And don't forget, I'll repeat myself. Don't forget. Samson's hair grew. The Lord did not depart from him anymore. He killed also Philistines. He went to heaven. But he yet had to experience the consequence of sin in his life with no eyes. That's not easy. So it's possible that it, it's possible that the child of the Lord, they will remain the child of the Lord, but it's possible that your reputation is out of the window, that your career is over that your marriage is on the rocks, or whatever it is. So there can be forgiveness, yes. You can be a child Lord even, yes. But think of the consequences. And think of what Samson could have done instead if he would have been a God-fearing judge.
Don't lie. But there is forgiveness with the Lord. Don't count everything being okay, though. Proverbs 5. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and the mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as world, sharp as a two-edged sword. Of course, this is not only for women, also for men. Christ, a type, also an anti-type, also the very opposite. So, congregation, maybe you have to sit yourself down and to think this sermon through and finish reading this chapter and ask yourself the question, am I in the talent of sin? Is it something I have to just rid myself of immediately? Or think of the consequences. Think of God who is ready to forgive. A serious God takes sin seriously, but yet a forgiving God. Think about it. And Samson is now in heaven. The Lord did not deal with him after his sins. He is safe and sound. On the new earth, he will have his eyes back. I'll be restored. There's no sin anymore. And he will have a personal knowledge of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Because God will be all in all. Amen.